and I'm not going to lie, I haven't spent a lot of time overanalyzing the spread for this game. But the most recent number has outstayed the same. It opened at Michigan four and a half. Still Michigan is a four and a half point favorite. Over under 55 and a half. What are the what are the details here? Let me see what scores and odds has to say. Uh, pretty even. 61% of the bets are on Washington. 52% of the money is on Washington. That always confuses me. It's like, isn't that kind of like the same thing? They have a different level for bets and money. But basically, uh, a lot of people betting on Washington, but at least the money involved in those are fairly even. 52% for Washington, 48% for Michigan. Who uh, is 8-5 and five against the spread this year? Washington, on the other hand, 7-6. and six. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to watch it tonight. All right, anything else? Oh, things that didn't make the top five stories today. Tiger Woods and Nike have broken up, divorced. See ya. And speaking of just breaking, uh, OU Women's Gymnastics maintains the number one spot in the country after their win this weekend. So Nice dominant start. Boy, they. I was watching some of it on YouTube. I feel like. You know how I was at FFA this weekend and I said it's, it's, I a, it's a different world, right? It's a world that I'm not familiar with. Uh-huh. It's not that I'm uncomfortable. It's just it's not – it was never my thing. You didn't grow up in it. It's right. it's you. It's new to you. I kind of feel that way with the women's gymnastics broadcasting world. It's just – it's a world that as I'm listening to it and then when I watch them, I'm like, what what is what is this, you know? What is, what is going on? And it never, like, I've done women's gym. But it's like once you get into some of these events, it becomes, I, I don't, like a Bravo show. It's like there's a Bravo show going on while this event is taking place. The key is explaining what are they judging. But that's not really what's going on there. Um, Sooners posted the highest score in the nation with 197.85 during the opening weekend. OU was one of just four schools to post a 197-plus score in their first week of competition. All right, let's get after it. Top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, online at Newcastle Casino. By the way, I just saw OU Tino's text. That's pretty funny, man. That's pretty funny. Uh, He hit us up just moments ago and said, in the famous words of Lincoln Riley, we didn't take Tarquin from USC. We took him from the portal. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Uh, All right, let's hit the top five stories of the day. Big story number five. Number five. Oh, congratulations are in order as Oklahoma legend Dewey Selman is on his way to the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, according to a report from Brett McMurphy in the Action Network, the Sooner legend will be inducted alongside of Frank Solich and Michael Vick for now. We'll see who all gets added to that list. Uh, national championship teams in 74 and 75. All-American in 75. Two-time All-Big 8 selection. Obviously, one-third of the dominant trio, Selman Brothers. Considered the greatest defensive line trio 
and at least in between Leroy and Dewey, maybe the best defensive lineman in the game. Helped the Sooner defense hold opponents to just 8.4 points per game in 1974 and 12.3 points per game in 1975. Pretty cool. And it was just, uh, let's see, we dedicated the, uh, what's it called? Statue in 22. So three years after dedicating the statue, boom, into the College Football Hall of Fame. How cool is that? Congratulations. For Dewey. Selma. Do we fight about whether or not Frank Solich is a Hall of Famer, or do we just celebrate Dewey for now? I think we just celebrate Dewey for now, but uh, you and I seem to be in agreement that uh, mm. we're, we're not sold on Solich. Yeah, kind of a little bit surprising. I'm sure a Nebraska fan would fight. It's not like I'm ready to you know, die on that hill or anything, but it's just one of those where you're like, uh, okay. Is it about – it's about more than his stint – at Nebraska, yeah, right? yeah, I guess so. I guess what the he longevity was, of it, yeah, I guess, I guess that kind of sold everyone because of what he did at Ohio, you know, and it kind of brought that program a little bit more national exposure. Mm. All right, um, big story number four, number four. All right, big story number four. I guess we want to fire everyone with the Oklahoma City Thunder now because they've lost two straight games. People quit treating the NBA like college football. One loss is okay. And by the way, I do blame some of the people within the media that think it's fun that after every one they talk about the championship parade that they're going to schedule. See, people read that and they think that they're never going to lose again. And then when they lose on a night when they were just – I mean, they look terrible. They look terrible against Brooklyn. It's like, oh, everyone's got to go. You're like, no, this is what happens in the NBA from time to time whenever you have the five-game stretch that they did. Look at me look at me having to defend the Thunder. When they have the stretch that they did, and then all of a sudden kind of reality hits in that, okay, you got to hit the road, you got to play back-to-backs. Not easy. Yeah, but these are <laughs> not great losses. Oh, my gosh, you're part of the problem now. Josh, settle down. Well, it's if you January want, of 2024. If you want to be one of the, the best teams in the league – can't lose these ones back to back. All right. Um, do I have to do this? Do I have to go back to what Denver did last year and some of these games that happen? It's going to be okay. But you would agree with – I don't gonna, think You're going to judge Denver a little bit different than you would OKC's regular season. I'm comparing it to a championship team. And Denver won a championship last right. year. That's And that's what I'm going to – this happens in the NBA. It, it does, but – don't I mean, you think the disinterest makes a little bit more sense at times for, say, a Denver or somebody that has a proven championship pedigree? I mean, it Den- shouldn't, but it does. Denver has won one title. You know, they only won it last year. So, I, if you want to panic, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm panicking. I'm just saying they're not good losses. You lose. You win five straight games, and you in that stretch, you beat Boston. You go to Denver and beat Denver. You beat. By, by the way a Minnesota team that is suddenly something else this season. The Knicks are in there, and the Nets, I'm not going to panic too much if you lose a couple games. Now, if they lose against Washington tonight, I don't even know. Is, is Washington even near the playoffs right now in the East? I doubt they are. But you can say bad losses all you want. I would agree, but I would also say it is the NBA. Washington is 6-29 and on this season. Yes, the, the, would qualify as a bad loss. 
Brooklyn's a playoff team right now. Look at the Chicago Bulls rallying from arguably the worst. They're a playoff team with a 16 and 21 record. Five games under 500. Well, West isn't much better. The Lakers are a playoff team, one game under 500. I wonder if the Lakers and Suns are going to be able to turn it on. I don't think they're going to be able to. I watched the Lakers Clippers last night. Lakers look done, man, and they won the game. But what's their issue? I don't think they care. They don't look like they care, and that's roster, hard to watch. Roster beyond uh, AD and LeBron's not good enough? Well, I, I thought AD looked pretty good last night. Um, but, again, it's like you're just you're waiting for him to break down. That was a different team, though, than the one that got beat by Memphis on Friday night. That was weird to watch. But I'm not panicking. I'm not freaking out over the thunder. It's um, a long season. It's a very long season. Um, but I will, um, I will say – Bottom line, more than anything else, it's going to be okay. Now, if they lose tonight to Washington, then maybe we can have a different discussion tomorrow. Uh, Big story number three. Number three. The NFL playoffs are set. Last night in Sunday Night Football, I mean, you want to talk about an implosion. The Miami Dolphins had everything laid out in front of them. At home, early lead, and they gave up a 96-yard punt return for a touchdown? Oof. Um... That totally changed the game. One seeds we've known: Niners in the North, uh, in the NFC, Ravens in the AFC. Here's your schedule for the weekend: three thirty on Saturday on NBC, Browns at Texans. Prime time, seven o'clock on the Peacock app, streaming Miami at Kansas City. There's no way they're going to make you have a subscription. I mean, right? Come on. I don't know. Do you have well? You have Peacock, so it doesn't matter. Sunday, high noon, CBS Steelers at Bills, three thirty on Fox, Packers at Cowboys, seven o'clock on NBC on Sunday night, Rams at Lions, and then on Monday night football, the Eagles and Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How cool is that? What Tampa's been able to do this year, right? The uh, Boomer Bowl. Well. I mean, no offense to Jalen Hurts, but we're all rooting for Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts, right? Am I making Eagles fan now mad? Oklahoma fans, yes. Uh, if they don't have allegiances to the Eagles or the Bucks, if it's just neutral, watch the game, yeah, I, I would imagine they're rooting for Baker. Uh, here's what Baker had to say after a team that many pundits thought could be Team Tank. Here's what Baker Mayfield had to say. I can't say enough about this team, the stuff that we've been through this year, and to handle it correctly and find a way to win five or six in the end uh, to get in the playoffs and win the division. Um, and a little bit more from Bake. We have a locker room full of guys that are comfortable being counted out. Um, it's when we're most comfortable. So, uh, yeah, just all we wanted was a chance to get in, and, and now we're here and got to handle it the right way. Did he get like a courtesy laugh in the middle of that? He did. I. I... It's when we're most comfortable. So, uh... <laughs> guys, are like yeah, whatever. That sounds like one of my courtesy laughs. By the way, can I can I pause the top five stories of the day? You may. Okay. We had a conversation from Realtor Chris's text, and I've noticed a few people on the text line. We said what. I think if you were to say Oklahoma's work in the portal would be viewed as a net positive. Several, uh, oh, but Caleb Williams, you're losing Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. That's fair. But 
I thought Dylan Gabriel was pretty good for a couple years for Oklahoma. It was really good this year. Would they have been better last or two years ago if Caleb Williams had stayed around? Probably so, right? But, I mean, can we say that you did a better job than maybe anyone expected in balancing that out from a loss to an addition, or do we just have to take the L there and say that was one where, yeah, that sucked, but Josh, as a whole, you would view it as a net positive in the grand scheme of things. Not losing Caleb Williams, but their work in the portal. Caleb Williams is a, a large one to try and overcome, Absolutely. Right? Uh, and we'll see about Caden Green. I mean, look, he felt like, looked like he was on the trajectory to be a legitimate NFL lineman. Okay? That's right. So that's, that's a big one, too. But uh, even, with, even with that pair, I just feel like collectively what Oklahoma's added out of the portal has been more than it's lost. I, I agree. But Caleb Williams, look, I mean, that's a potential franchise-altering quarterback going forward in the NFL. So that's not uh, – that's a big loss. I'm not, I mean, yeah. it is no, no, what it no. is. But it's, it's one loss. It's one. And, I don't know, it's just, I think it's a fascinating discussion. And for those that missed it – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt things. I just saw a few of those. Um, but a realtor, Chris, had said, hey, would you think a, the line, like, hey, the portal has been successful for us – the, the portal has not been successful for us. You know, who who's on the top of that and, and feeling positive? Who probably isn't? You know, there's a lot of – I mean, Mike, Mike Gunny's not a big portal guy, but you feel like in some of the moves that they've made, it's, it's worked out okay for them. I mean, their starting quarterback was a portal ad. I don't know. I, I think it's a heck of a conversation. And has uh, has Oklahoma come, uh, come out ahead in this cycle? Is it fair to say TBD? You feel pretty good about. It. I'm not. I'm not in that group that says, "Oh, it's been a disappointing portal season for OU." I, I don't know if I'm buying that. I mean, I. I want to see it. Would you have liked to have been in the mix for uh, who is the big Nicobe, uh Not Nicobe Dean. Um, who was the defensive tackle that went to Ole Miss? I can't think of. I mean, I'm just going to tell you what I had heard. That dude told people whenever he was being reported, uh, allegedly recruited, le- recruiting news, you know how it is, that they wanted uh, a million dollars, but they, they wanted it to be fresh and clean. It was like literally blue chips. It was like, he wants a new tractor. It was, he wanted a bag of money. And I just don't know if that's how things are going to get done. Here's your $1 million signing bonus. That's It sounds crazy. So, yeah, I just – you didn't get the – five-star portal guys, but I, I feel good about the way that it has. Deion Burks, big-time addition. We'll yeah, see about Des like Malone. They've uh, clearly addressed the offensive line inexperience. Might not be done. Sounds like Zalance Heard maybe uh, joining that. Bauer Sharp, we'll see. Uh, you know, I don't know how much he's going to factor in. Sam Franklin, same thing there in the backfield. But uh, Caden Woolard, okay, uh, could help you a little bit outside along your, your defensive uh, right. line. Right, exactly. All right, I'm sorry. Did not mean to get sidetracked. Let's go. Big story number two. Number two. Oh, by another really good point brought up. Let's not forget, Josh. Uh, it looked like Shep played his starting Shepherd played his last game with the New York Giants yesterday. Kind of had that little emotional walk off that he had. Man, kudos to that dude. He has battled, 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 and overcome adversity, injuries, fought through it all. Um, I'm a big Sterling Shepherd fan. Don't think his career is over. I think he's going to try to keep playing, but it looks like he might be done with the New York Giants. Might need to get uh, into a situation where the quarterback is figured out. 
might want to go somewhere where there's a little bit of a better signal caller. <laughs> but yeah, his health has just been. I mean, he's been battling that throughout uh, the entirety of his career. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so big story number two. Nice little double shot power for the OU basketball teams this weekend. The OU men and women pick up wins. We started the show today hearing from OU head basketball coach Porter Moser. If you missed it, you can find it on the podcast page as soon as we wrap up. Simply go to KRF.com. Here is Coach Moser after Oklahoma's 71-63 win over Iowa State. It's coming. It's coming, I promise. Here it is. You know what? He made great decisions. you got to give yourself up sometimes. They were really heating him up. And, uh, you know, he made some great decisions, and we went to that little action, and he did a um, – I mean, Sam was rolling, and then we, we – we, we, Javion made some really good plays out of that. Um, I thought uh, – you know, I thought one of the keys was, uh, first of all, <laughs> I think Iowa State's one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they're so hard to score against. They're so physical, and they're, they're – they, you know, they, they do it in a in – a, a basketball fundamental way, the way they switch, the way they hedge, the way they guard you the ball. It's just so fundamentally physical. And um, so, um, you know, I thought for us being down one with four minutes left, the resolve our guys had to stay with it and uh, to get get some scores and stops in the last four minutes because a lot of these games are going to be exactly like this down to these last four. Yep. It's going to be the Big 12 going forward. Um, you uh, you You pull that up. Did you catch the end of the Kansas TCU game and the the phantom call on TCU that gave Kansas the win? You didn't think there was uh, an elbow? I I don't know. You don't know that you throw the call the flagrant there. Yeah, I, was there one? Maybe, but it sure did seem like a pretty massive flop. IMH. And by the way, every single person on Twitter seemed to think that Kansas got the call. So I just went with the crowd there, Josh. Sure. <laughs> I just kind of went with the angry mob. I got my pitchfork out rather quickly. <laughs> well, the track record does indicate there's reason to have uh, pitchfork in hand. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, obviously, as it moves forward for Oklahoma, this uh, will be a tough road test come Wednesday night. Right. Um, meanwhile, that's TCU coming up on Wednesday night in their first conference home game. If you missed it over the weekend, this is overall – wait, Houston – oh, Houston's playing Tuesday night against Iowa State. Oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Oklahoma beat Iowa State 71-63. to yeah, We were just talking about Kansas's like, survival against TC. You remember TC went into Fog Allen and beat them last year. Almost did it twice in a row. 83-81. Houston absolutely obliterated West Virginia. It was – they had a 26-point lead at the half. They wanted – 89 to 55. You heard that right. 89 55. Uh Cincinnati actually beat BYU. Uh all this hype around BYU. I saw the video. Look at BYU's pregame. This is awesome. They've leveled up. Yeah, they got beat by 11 in their home opener. 71 to 60 from Cincy. Uh Baylor survived in overtime against OSU. Texas Tech on the road upset. Texas and speaking of beating the snot out of somebody, Kansas State 77, UCF 52. That's a look at scores. Let's get big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Which, again, you know, we've talked a lot about the portal for Oklahoma today, so our eyes focus on the national championship game tonight. Michigan 
Washington. We'll hear from both the coaches next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Something terrible has happened out in the lobby, Josh. I'm just going to warn you about it. There are two bowls of nothing but little miniature cookie, uh, uh, candy bars and an entire bowl of Hershey Kisses. That is problematic. Yep. And I can't stop eating them. I cannot stop eating them. So no more commercial breaks the rest of the way. Can we pay for the show and still end up making uh, the the necessary income to keep this show afloat if we just don't take commercials so I'm not tempted to go eat all the little mini candy bars since I have no willpower whatsoever? Sure. No, I don't think they'll let us get away with that. 11.28 on, on a, any, sh- any game day, any show day, is also a time whenever the hunger starts kicking in a little bit too. Sure right? it does. It's getting a little closer towards noon. Some of you like that early lunch. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. A couple of quick uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line uh, text. Um, 5808 writes, fun discussion. Uh, fun discussion. Which wide receivers have caught passes from worse quarterbacks than Sterling Shepard? Oh, that's, that's pretty good if you think about it. Going back from his collegiate career. Yeah, I listen, man. There's some dudes that play. I mean, like. Calvin Johnson caught passes from some terrible quarterbacks in his time at Georgia Tech. But as far as his NFL career, dude, that'd be tough. Did Macklin ever get to catch passes from Patrick Mahomes, or was he long gone by then? Pretty sure he was, yeah, long gone. So that was a pretty rough stretch that he had of, of quarterbacks in Kansas City. See, the Raiders didn't have, like, any really good wide receivers during their run of bad quarterbacks. Yeah, really, uh, Dwayne Bowe. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Bowe. He would have been – Dwayne Bowe would have been a superstar with uh, Mahomes in this group, but instead he got mm. uh, Brody Croyle and others. Brody Croyle. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something about Brody Croyle. He's the future. Fought with the fan on the buzz for a month about that. Um, speaking of Kansas basketball, right, Sooner Pops – I saw a clip where it looked like the Big Twelve, uh, where it looked like the Big Twelve coaches media day, and they were taking a group picture. And Porter is standing next to self and says, "I don't want to stand too close to Bill. They will call a foul." And Bill laughed and said, "Only at home." I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. That's the that's the realization of what happens when you go inside the fog. You're battling six guys. You're battling the five on the floor and the officials. <laughs> Good on Bill for uh, playing along and having well, fun. I mean, I think he wears it. I think he gets it. I think, you know, I haven't, I've been around Coach Self in 20 years consistently. But I also, it seems as if this is a group of guys where there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of dudes that hate each other, right? There's not a lot of guys like pointing at someone else when they're going off the court. You're not having an Arthur Smith v. Dennis Allen type situation with a lot of these dudes. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there's any dislike between Bill and Porter. Now, if, if Porter. Did that with Eric Musselman? <laughs> Maybe could be a little different. Might be a little bit of a different story, but I think that that's uh, I think that's kind of the fun part of it. Uh, the Western Oki Sky Chicken writes: If you thought Big Twelve officials were bad in football, Kansas showed us showed us on Saturday the Big Twelve refs are way worse. Several conspiracy questions should arise if you watch the last two minutes of that game. I don't know how Jamie Dixon kept his cool. I think because they all kind of expect it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you better expect it. And and what more can you do, right? You're just kind of in a situation where it's like, ah, uh, yelling's not gonna make it even worse. Our yelling's gonna make it even worse. And then there's this Jeff from OKC. Sorry for the off-topic question, but I had this random question pop in my head. Mizzou fans have gotten so annoying with this little bit of success. Is there any other fan base that could be worse if they got some success? From what I've been told from many within the uh, Southeastern Conference, LSU and Florida fans are pretty obnoxious. I mean, well, for, let's, let's go ahead and give this caveat. Every fan base is obnoxious, especially when they're good. Save uh, for Vanderbilt. Save for Vanderbilt. We're just right? happy to be here. We're just, hey, you guys, you good with us? We're still allowed to be here? Kind of like somebody that you worried your key fob expired, and but you're still getting in the door. It's like, we're still here. Like the dude from Office Space. Yeah. I still have my job. That's all I, I still I have my job. Just keep moving them down to different floors. Ah. <sighs> I think every fan base is annoying. Michigan fan has been pretty annoying during this run. Not going to lie. But then again, Michigan fan has been in a position where what? They feel like they've had to defend their integrity, if you will. But uh, especially annoying, right, for Mizzou because there's the familiarity, the history. Not uh, that it's a rivalry. It's not. never will be between Oklahoma and Mizzou. But you were in the conference together for a long, long time, right? And now you're you're getting back uh, together in the same conference, and Missouri's not won a bunch of football games, but they're winning some key recruiting battles over Oklahoma, and they are making you wear it. So who would who would be comparable to that? Because Mizzou's not a program that's had a lot of success. Recruiting, they've not had a lot of on-field success, but here they've had a little bit of both, and you just so happen to have a super obnoxious head coach, too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and it's – yeah, he's got a little bit of P.J. Fleck in him. You no know? doubt. It's Eli Drinkwitz. Got a little P.J. Fleck Look, in him. Look, Drinkwitz makes P.J. Fleck seem like the nicest guy of all time. <laughs> I mean, doesn't he? Oh, man. Um, I, I like – this is now – I, I want to teach this person how to text because I think they're bringing up – a great point, but they've done it in like six different text messages. So I'm going to try to piece it all together for my man here from Hartshorn. Uh, Realtor Chris had brought up the question about if you looked at like every team and maybe just we would look at the programs that have really used the transfer portal a lot. Would you say most people have would view their experience as a net positive for their roster or a, a negative? And I, again, I view it a lot like free agency. I would much rather build my team through the draft, right, and, you know, kind of a little bit off the top in free agency, uh, a.k.a. the portal, draft, a.k.a. recruiting. But I thought this was a good point. Um, Certain schools will be destinations and the rest will be gutted and become feeder schools. To me, that's not an overall net positive. But as time goes on, more will leave big-name schools like OU simply for the money or simply thinking they can get more. It's coming even for the likes of OU. Don't be naive. Um, and he's like saying we're seeing things through rose-colored glasses. I, we, we didn't say it, it didn't, sir or ma'am. But every big school is going to feel this. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what we're saying. But I mean, Oklahoma's feeling – They're feeling in that positive so far, I think, in their portal experience. Dejon Terry, has he been impactful? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Brennan Thompson uh, remains uh, to be seen, right? I see, right. Andrell Anthony. Yes. Yeah. Rondell Bothrell. Absolutely. Devon Sears. I don't even remember seeing him on the sidelines. Walter Rouse, no yes. doubt. Reggie Pearson, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trace, Trace Ford, Trace yeah. Ford a little bit. Desan McCullough, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> Jacob Lacey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and now I think Lacey's going to be interesting whenever you start seeing how he can you know, do with a full-off season of preparation. Remember, he was battling the blood clots. Okay, now let's do the opposite, okay? You tell me uh, if you feel that this was a this significant loss. Okay. This is just last year for All Oklahoma right. out of the portal. Derek LeBlanc. I, you know what? I didn't see any numbers on Derek LeBlanc this year. But I sure did see people freaking out about him leaving. Colin so. Montgomery went to Memphis. No clue. Uh, Jamarian Burt. Yeah, you know, uh, you know who Jamarian Burt was? He was the South Alabama player that got hit from behind during that post-game brawl. That's the only time I heard his name this year. DeMond Harmon. I don't remember hearing his name. So without going completely down the rest of this list, I'm going to name a couple of names. Corey Roberson had a touchdown. <laughs> For SMU, remember? He here's, had a 6-6. Here's my several names from last year's transfer portal departures that I would deem legitimately, potentially significant, right. okay? Right. Jaden Davis. Right. Yep, yep. No, nah, it didn't, didn't hurt anything. Because you wanted to go in a different direction, it was understandable. But David Aguebu, I would understand as legitimately sure. significant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the other name I would mix uh, into that equation. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> would be Theo Weiss. Okay, and Theo had a really good season. He went out and righted himself well at Missouri. But I mean, I think Andrell Anthony was. Well, Andrell, it's tough because I always talk about your best ability is your availability, and he got hurt. But I think that ends up being more of a net positive for the Sooners long term. So if I gave you those three names, yeah, and and then I turned around and said, okay, you got Dejon Terry, uh, Troy Everett, all right. Let's we'll see if has, he's going to be the starting center next year. Yeah, Brennan Thompson still sort of a, a chance, right, to get into mm -hmm. the mix next year. Andrew Anthony was the team's leading receiver halfway home before he got hurt. Uh, Bothroyd. Uh, Schaefer has been uh, a rotational piece for you. Rouse was uh, one of the stars on this team. Pearson, Ford, McCullough. Stogner, though it didn't go well, was you know played a bunch of snaps, uh, and then Lacey. I mean, clearly, right? You would say you came ahead. This I think past you came cycle. ahead last year. No, we and and listen, for the sake of what Chris had brought up last hour, we got a lot of work to do on this, right? We're going to go back through because and the numbers aren't always going to be even, right? But every 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 school is going to deal with this, especially when you go through a coaching change. Look at A&M right now. Excuse me. Look at A&M right now, what they're dealing with. It's crazy. Um, you go through coaching change with now the two-time transfer option being available. Here's a couple of thoughts, by the way, on, on obnoxious fan bases. The 405 writes, if South Carolina ever gets good, hold on. They have a tradition of suck and still support that program very well. Oh, yeah, they were ready to fire Shane Beamer this year. I agree. Border sooner. God help us over here if the Razorbacks ever get real good. <laughs> the team up in Stillwater doesn't handle success well either. Uh, the nine one that's from Soonerman ninety three. The nine one eight. Uh, yes, annoying. The nineteen forty five national champions. <laughs> Oklahoma State. I want to know how they even heard about that. That's still there's got to be like a 
there's got to be, at the very least, an article about how they even realized that was available to go get a trophy to put in their case. All right, uh, let's break. We're, we got a little off kilter there, but appreciate it. Love, that's what this show's all about, back and forth interaction. I'm going to challenge myself after I finish my articles for Boyd Street, Josh. I'm going to challenge myself to do that practice for Oklahoma in the portal era. And let's see if you would consider it net, net positive, net negative. I, who knows? We feel like looking at it, hey, yeah, but maybe when you look at the numbers, you realize, oh, that guy had a better season than I anticipated, or this guy was worse than what it appears. All right, it's Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour number three, we are back. National Championship Monday, here we go. Michigan, Washington tonight. Hour number three brought to us by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. Insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Again, that is Moppin Roofing. Did we get much feedback in the way of tonight, does it matter? No. One way or the other? No, not really. And I would uh... – I would say, I guess, I guess that's fine. You know, it's one of those situations where we're just rooting for a good game. I think more than anything else. Right. We're, we're here to be fans of college football. We were this close to having a real strong rooting interest tonight. I, you know, I have made it very clear about my personal like of Andy Staples. I think he's really good. But in one of the 800 different I guess, images that people put out, gifts or something. Look at these wild picks. Whoa, who is who does so-and-so have moving up? He had a kind of an interesting ranking of the, like the tiers and how he looked at the tiers. And I think he, again, far be it from me to question Andy, but I think he really missed the boat on this. He called it 2024 national title contenders. He has Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State as the superpowers. I don't think Ohio State is on that level, man. I don't. With Will Howard? Yeah. Uh, NIL up-and-comers, Texas and Oregon. Roster rebuilders, Michigan, Washington, Missouri. Schedule advantage, Notre Dame, Florida State, and Clemson. Transfer portal, Ole Miss and Louisville. Alamo Bowl bump, Arizona and OU. And new coordinators, Penn State. What? How could OU get an Alamo Bowl bump from a game where they turned it over six times and lost when they should have won? And why wouldn't they be in that category with essentially two new coordinators? I don't know. So that was Staples? That was Staples. Yeah, and, and again, I again, I like Andy, but he also tries to overcomplicate things sometimes. What is, who does your mark have in his way too early top 25 right now? Where I saw, I think, someone Brett McMurphy. Who did I say? <laughs> Your Mark. Oh, <laughs> Brett. Yeah, who's Brett McMurphy? Uh, not Brett Your Mark. Your Mark would not have Oklahoma ranked nearly as high, I would say. And I, well, I don't think Brett McMurphy would either. I mean, I love him to death, but he is kind of an Oklahoma State honk. He's got OU number 13 okay. in his way too early poll, his initial way too early. Too high, too low when you're thinking about the 2024 I, season. I think it's about right. I don't have a strong it's too low or it's too high feeling on it. I think it's right about the range I would suspect. I, I don't think there's any way you could have Oklahoma outside the top 15 going into next season with a 
returnees they got defensively with the skill talent. They've got offensively, but they've got legitimate questions along its offensive line. Mm -hmm. And you've got a quarterback that showed us a lot of great, as Bob Stoops said, right, in uh, his recent appearance with the Rush. We saw a lot that we loved, but there was just enough where you weren't quite certain and you were a little bit late and, and you made some mistakes. So, And that's going to be there for Oklahoma going into next season where you've got a quarterback that's still learning. I I guess for me, I'm, I just – I don't know how you couldn't have your preseason one being Georgia and probably your preseason two being Alabama. I would have a hard time putting Ohio State up there. I really would. Um, but then maybe that's just like the Will Howard effect for me right now. Well, and McMurphy's got Michigan, too. Michigan's completely rebuilding its roster, man, and they'll have a new head coach next year. I don't know about that. But I, I will say, hey, Oregon's going to be fascinating next year, right, with Dylan, And they hit a couple home runs in the portal, too. Listen, it's – I mean, tonight's an action. What am I doing right now, Josh? The championship game for the 2023 season is tonight. I don't think I need to be fretting over any way too early preseason top 25. <laughs> no, but uh, I will tell you one of the things that uh, is interesting about it, you've got a, a number of SEC teams ranked as you would expect, right? Tennessee, I guess, is the final – according to Brett McMurphy, ranked SEC team in his way too early poll. He has them 17, but let's see here. There's uh, there's there's seven teams ranked, and uh, Oklahoma plays every single one of them. There, there's seven teams not named Oklahoma ranked, and Oklahoma plays six of those seven next year. The only one is Georgia that they're not That's from the it. SEC. And they might play them if the season goes according to plan. That's true. All right, let's get our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts in with a text and a great story on Dewey Selman. The Hall of Famer, Dewey Selman, next right here on The Ref. All right, so today, great story that's developed. Uh, and what a great way to leave you on final thoughts brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. Please plan, uh, plea, plea? Pre-plan your memorial by going to Primrose, Primrose this show over yet? primrosefuneralservices.com or call them 405-321-6000. There's tons of links to help you plan ahead, to help you think about what type of celebration of life you want to have. 405-321-6000. We today have been honoring the career and celebrating the legacy of Dewey Selman, who is on his way into the Hall of Fame, according to Brett McMurphy. 405 Text of the day. True story, abbreviated version. In the early 1970s, Dewey Selman walked into my parents' carpet store requesting a summer job. He wanted to learn to lay carpet, explaining that his parents encouraged the boys to learn different trades in case the football deal didn't work out. A little different than NIL, he actually offered to work for free to learn a trade. My mother went to her grave with one football hero. How cool is that story? Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. I would uh it's kind of wild. He Dewey Dewey spoke at the ladies clinic that I went to a couple years ago uh when Toby was out of town and he told a story about 
they were sitting, him and Leroy, they were like laying around and they just found out that they weren't going to be eligible for the postseason, that the the ban had kicked in, the TV ban, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And Leroy got him. It's like, we're going to the gym. We're going to work out even harder. We're going to make it where they're going to they're going to regret not having us there. And they went and they grinded and they got better. I mean, what what a trio. And what a band. And, I mean, to see what Zach's become, you know, as young of an AD as he is right now in Mississippi State. He's got a great family. Dewey Selman, man, congratulations. Absolute legend. It will be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. It's a pretty good run of suitors heading into the Hall of Fame, right? Sure it is. Bob Stoops, Roy Williams, Dewey, more to come. Next sooner that needs to be in the Hall of Fame. That's a topic we'll dive into tomorrow. Teddy. Teddy needs to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. I know he won't talk about it, but Teddy Lehman, with what he did during his career, Rocky Calvis, Hall of Famers right there. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, um, anything we left out? 30 seconds you feel like we need to hit on? That we touched on a little bit of everything today. Let's uh, enjoy this national championship tonight. Uh, yeah, and we'll recap it tomorrow. Patty Gasso will join us at 9.30 tomorrow. KJ Kindler to kick the show off. Stick around, though. Steel Man and Thune at Noon coming up next right here on The Ref.